the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Lindsay Barnett. Welcome back to the London Free Press Podcast. It's another week. So of course, we've got another story or stories to cover and some very exciting news for not only London, but the London region with regards to jobs and uh, some pretty big money coming from not only the provincial government, but the federal government as well. So I'm really excited to be joined by London Free Press reporter Norman DeBono. Norm, how are you doing today? Good, Lindsay. How are you? Thank you for having me on today. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. We were just chatting a little bit before we hit record, and I can already see the excitement with regards to what we are going to be talking about today. So just in case somebody hasn't read your articles over the last two weeks, uh, there was a pretty big announcement in Oshawa with regards to some money that will directly affect the Cami plant in Ingersoll. So let's start with the announcement. What was said? So recently, the federal and the provincial governments both announced that they're going to each fund $259 million, so more than $500 million between the two of them, half a billion dollars, are going to go toward um, two plants in Ontario, the Oshawa plant and the Cami plant in Ingersoll, near us, in your line. And so um, the, the Ingersoll announcement, the Cami announcement, I think is very exciting because it's helping to uh, bring a production of the first uh, electric vehicle to be made in Canada to Cami. So... Cami in Ingersoll is going to be the site of the first EV vehicle to be made in this country, which is exciting. And that's the Bright Drop, which is a commercial van used by like Walmart and other commercial users across North America lining up to, to buy it. And they're already very busy. So the plant is going to shut down at the end of at the end of April, and it's going to go into a retooling. So they're going to change everything in that plant to make a new vehicle. And then in October, November, it's going to open again with all the workers called back, 1,600 workers total. They're going to start to make the the bright drop, two versions of the bright drop, the smaller one. And um, they're really hoping that that's going to drive a lot of growth and it's going to be in demand across across the continent, across North, North America. And then half of the money is also going to go to, to Oshawa, where they're going to make uh, a light duty pickup truck. They're going to get third shift of the plant, 600 workers, 2,600 workers total in, in Oshawa after this hiring. Um, so they're going to make a second pickup truck there as well. So that's huge for them. Not EV gas, but uh, so that's, that's big. But the important thing for me and what I get excited about is this comes on the heel of a major announcement in Windsor, and that is that that Windsor is going to be the site, uh, along with Stellantis, the Ford Chrysler uh, manufacturer, of making batteries, uh, you know, battery uh, um, supply from the Windsor area for the automaker. That's a $5 billion investment. That's huge. And that's going to really... Um, and that, along with the GM announcement about Cami being an EV plant, and along with GMO's announcement that they're, they're going to do some uh, electric vehicle supply manufacturing in Quebec, means that Canada, and especially Ontario, is really po- poised to sort of be part of and cash in on the biggest trend in the automotive, the manufacturing, the industrial sector. That is a transition across globally to electric vehicles. I mean, we are going to be we are part of that story. And it means we're going to have an industry. We're going to have jobs. We're going to have a manufacturing plant. We're going to be making cars and parts here. And I think there was a time when some might have been afraid that um, we weren't going to have too much of an auto sector if we didn't get EV investment because all the automakers are going to an electric platform. And the fact that these announcements are coming uh, is really good news. Now, one thing you know, I can't say on the record, and don't tell anyone, 
But <laughs> there's a rumor going around that Ford, uh, which is headquartered in Oakville, Ford of Canada, is also looking for an EV manufacturing plant. And it's partnering with uh, a company out of Asia, and they might be scouring uh, Ontario as well. Now, that's not a done deal. I think they're also looking in the U.S., but uh, Ontario is on the radar for, for that possible investment. And uh, a lot of people I know are working behind the scenes at economic develop, development agencies from, from, from you know, Toronto and Windsor uh, trying to sort of get the attention of Ford on that. So there may be more coming. And that's, uh, and that's, uh, that's another shooter drop that would be pretty great. It's very exciting, like you said, not only for southwestern Ontario, but the whole province and Canada as a whole. This is crucial. Now, you talked a little bit about the job numbers uh, with regards to employees at the Kami plant, 1,600 employees, some of them going to be temporarily laid off until October while the retooling happens. Um, is Kami looking to expand next year? Because this is this is not small potatoes. You know, this no, is a big huge. deal. When I talked to the union about exactly that question, they said, we're going to have all the workers recalled it by the end of the year. And, and they said, and we will, he said, I guarantee you, we will be hiring. We will be adding in 2023. Now, who knows? I mean, that, you know, you can't really take that to the bank, but they're pretty confident this vehicle is going to sell and they're going to, and it's all about the order board. And they, it's, it is the furthest along of an EV vehicle in North America in terms of commercial use. And they've had Amazon, they've had some Amazon suppliers, they've had um Walmart, I think, recently line up. Other other commercial uh, suppliers have sort of also committed to buying it. So that's just the tip of the iceberg, and that's before it's even rolling off the line. So they feel very confident they're going to grow that market. They feel they're going to add more jobs in 2023 to that Cami plant, which would be huge. And you know, and as for Oshawa, 2,600 people there at the end of the summer when they had that second vehicle production there. But I mean, pickup trucks sell very well across North America and if you know is there going to be an EV uh, version in um, in uh, Oshawa's future for GM I don't know but if there is you could see some numbers grow there too but one thing that's I'm going to go back to Ford for a minute I'm sorry I'm going to jump out <laughs> but you know there's a lot of speculation a lot of market analysis that's saying that the Ford plant in Oakville is going to be making uh, electric vehicle fully electrified Lincoln SUVs so the Lincoln SUV, they have like four versions of the Lincoln SUV that's going to be electric. And that there is a lot of speculation Oakville is going to be in for a slice of that. That's going to be a very significant shooter drop in the next year or two. So there's going to be more about that. And, and again, that's going to be uh, that'll be a major investment for Ontario. But <clears throat> if you know if all those things come to fruition, um, and there's every reason to believe it will, we're going to be really at the forefront of the whole EV movement as a province. And that's very exciting. And one thing that you know I know from covering the sector is that there's a person working in a manufacturing plant in, in Cami and in Oshawa. You know they're doing very well. They're making thirty to thirty-five dollars an hour, full benefits, full pension. But because of the way the automotive industry is structured in terms of the supply line, the supply sort of network, there's speculation that not speculation. Economists have forecast that every OEM they're, they're called OEMs, people who manufacture vehicles, job creates six to seven other spinoff jobs in the sector. That is suppliers, that is people, you know, um, catering lunches to people like Tim Hortons, but, you know, high paying jobs in the parts sector, the low paying service jobs. It has a very, it has a very deep ripple effect. And so um, that's one reason why uh, there's so much excitement about this announcement. And it's also important to realize for viewers who, uh, 
who may not know this, that's why there's so much government support. I mean, $500 million from the feds in the province, that's a lot of money for a two, and GM is investing $2 billion of its own money. So it's about 5% of that investment. So for people who would be you know, bothered by that, I understand that. I get it. That's a lot of taxpayers' money. Why? Why are they doing it? And the reason they're doing it is because of that spin-off effect. It has such a deep impact throughout all kinds of sectors of, of the economy. And also, it's important to, to bear in mind here that, you know, if we didn't do that as a, as a, as a province and as a, as a country or the federal government, there are plants in Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, that are lining up with even more incentives. Deep so, southern states, states in the southern U.S. have deep, deep incentives, including tax breaks, which we don't really do here. For manufacturers that we can't we can't match so that's why they've done so well in attracting so much investment so i mean we don't really have a choice we have to we have to to, to have that uh, weapon in our arsenal so to speak in order to really compete absolutely um i do want to know because currently the chevy equinox i believe is what's being manufactured yeah. at the cami plant what happens there since they are going to be switching just to evs yeah, so the Equinox production also ends at the end of April, and that production is being shifted to Mexico. So, so the Equinox will be fully made in Mexico, and Cami will go solely to make two different versions of a commercial van. The irony there is that when the Equinox is transitioned to Mexico, the plant in Mexico will also be making an electric version of the Equinox, which is But I mean, you know, we sort of, um, I know the workers at the plant, I know the union representing uniform, the union representing the workers there, are very excited about, about uh, the bright drop, the commercial van they're making in Mexico. Happy to do that. They're sad to give up the Equinox. But the other thing is they've had an Equinox for a good long run. It's been many years. It's been a high volume vehicle. Um, it's been much in demand. We've shared that production with some other plants because they have to because they're so in demand. So it's at a very good point in its life cycle. There's a life cycle of every vehicle where after many years of being um, strongly in demand, it's good to sort of move away from that vehicle because it can't last forever, right? And Equinox won't be around forever. So it's good to move to another vehicle that's going to have a life cycle. So I know that the workers there feel that the Bright Drop EV could give them 10 years of stability and growth, which in the automotive sector, is huge. Absolutely. No doubt about that. I guess my biggest question moving forward, because since the pandemic hit specifically, there has been such a supply and demand issue with regards to vehicles. I know somebody who went and purchased a new Toyota. They said it wasn't going to be ready until March of this year. Well, she just got told she's looking at April of next year. So um, what what are we looking at with these new models that are going to be produced? So that, so that's probably not an EV vehicle that, that she's- No, that she it wasn't. Had. No. But, um, what's happened was there's been a supply chip shortage that, of course, because of the pandemic, this goes back you know, about a year ago, that because of the pandemic, it created a supply chip shortage uh, out of um, out, out, out from 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 suppliers. So there was a vital part, a component that went into manufacturing in, into the technology of new vehicles. The you know the the uh, GPS, uh, the uh, sort of you know all the all the technology behind that, and because those that chip wasn't available, it just sort of uh, production was uh, was. Uh, backed up. So uh, that is starting to flow a little better now, but I mean, I'm glad she's going to get in April. That's not too bad, actually. So, uh, but for a long time, I mean, the the um, Cami plant in Ingersoll went down for several months uh, earlier this year uh, because of exactly that problem. I mean, there were problems with the 
production in Toyota as well. So Toyota has plants in, in Cambridge and in Woodstock and production there was slowed somewhat as well because of that chip shortage issue. So it's backed up all automakers equally and it's created a backlog in the system that's starting to free up a little now, but that was pandemic influence primarily. And there's been a supply chain issue in a lot of sectors from home construction, from building materials and cars have, have, not, have not been spared from that. It's, it's impacted that as well. But as things are getting better, as easing up in the COVID pandemic, I think we're seeing those things start to flow a little faster now. So hopefully we're gonna move beyond that. But yeah, it's a very vulnerable sector. And that issue is a larger one that is really, so that along with you know, COVID and along with, of course, the conflict in, in Russia, right, in, in the Ukraine right now from the Russian invasion, that has a lot of automotive manufacturers thinking that they should consolidate production closer to where they sell their vehicles so that they're not relying so much on supply chain. So I wouldn't be surprised if in the next two to three years, five years, we see real shakeout where more vehicle production, smaller plants are opening consolidated product, vehicle production in areas across North America that are closer to the market so that they have to rely less on, on shipping vehicles from around the world. Absolutely. And I, I meant April of next year. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess I just wondered if that's going to impact the new EVs coming and are we expecting any delays or is it just right now full steam ahead? Right. Right now it's full steam ahead. So the EVs are going to be rolling off the line. Again, these are the commercial vehicles, commercial vans. They're going to be rolling off the line in October, November uh, at Canning. So, I mean, we have, we have a bit of time there to sort of, uh, uh, overcome that 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 issue and the speculation that that uh, they're not going to be impacted by that. But you raise a good point, right? It's a volatile sector with a lot of factors influencing it globally. So we'll wait and see before we give a final verdict. But I know they're confident they're going to be able to move, move ahead. Yeah, that's a wonderful timeline. Uh, Norm, thank you so much for your insight and your time today. Uh-huh. Really appreciate it. Really, really nice uh-huh. talking some good news stories in yeah, the city. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It really is. It really is. It's a good economic story. It's going to mean it's a lot of it's a lot of it's a lot of good news for our region, for our city. Absolutely, thank and thank you for your coverage of it. If anybody listening right now wants to take a deeper dive and read more of Norm's articles or analysis, you can do so over at lfpress.com and, of course, in the pages of the London Free Press. We'll be back again next Thursday with another edition of the London Free Press podcast. Until then, stay well. Mm-hmm.